Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, August 21st virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show is temporarily moved virtually. You can also listen to us on podcast and, of course, catch us on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you're listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And the lineup for today's show, we will be having a panel conversation with our guests. Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates, and Jasmine Savari of Yellow Arrow Counseling. Uh, we'll also have a conversation with Corey around rental housing updates for investors and followed by our conversation with Jasmine, Living Your Life. Great information and great guests in studio. For more information on any topic discussed today, or to connect with the guests that we have on the show, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And let's start out today's show as we do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money. Money. Keelan, after leaving me solo here last week, vacation with your uh, family on the road, I'm glad everybody can actually see you, and you got a little bit of sun up there. What did you share with us today for money, Pat? I did. Montana's hot. It's hot, and it's close to the sky, but uh, it was beautiful. Got a little sun. Um, I was going to talk about, uh, we talked a lot about COVID and how that's affected tech. And um, so I was a little curious about big tech in general and what that meant for those types of industries. And uh, and then this week, a, a thing came out, um, not a thing, but the S&P 500 stock index recorded a high on Tuesday um, uh, with all the top tech companies and um, the stocks of Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Facebook, the five largest publicly traded companies in America rose 37% in the first seven months this year, while all the other stocks in the S&P 500 fell combined 6% according to Credit Suisse. So uh, something interesting about that, obviously, if you're from Seattle, you know most of the, actually pretty much all those companies are based out of Seattle. I didn't know what Alphabet was. Alphabet apparently is like, basically it's Google that took all their little companies and they're not little. They're gigantic companies and combine them all together to one uh, umbrella and it's alphabet. So it's crazy to think that those five companies now constitute 20% of the stock market's total worth. 
So uh, that's a level that's not been seen from a single industry in 70 years. They're comparing it to the railroad, like way back in the day and how they dominated so much that they actually had to come out with like laws and things about monopolizing situations. And there's actually um, in Europe, especially they're looking into these companies and how much of the industry they constitute and how that can play an issue on uh, like there's literally no competition whatsoever. So Apple's stock market value uh, is the highest of the bunch. It reached $2 trillion with a T, trillion dollars on Wednesday, double what it was 21 weeks ago. So COVID is clearly playing a huge part uh, on all these tech companies. And, and really, I mean, they're just blowing up on the stock market. Um, when the Facebook, uh, excuse me, in March, when the stay-at-home orders happened, um, Facebook was up 15% and YouTube 10%. And then... Um, its stock is up over 50% from its pre-pandemic high. So these companies are just blowing up. Zoom, which we're on right now, the video conference company, uh, has ballooned as well. Its stock has gone up over 150% since COVID. And in the last 12 months through the end of June, they earned nearly $500 million a day in net income combined from these companies. $500 million a day so much money. But um, I didn't want to leave kind of some of the small businesses out because obviously they're dominating. But you know, some of these small businesses are thriving too, which is really cool to hear because a lot of these small business, we have a lot of small businesses on the show. And um, it's great to hear that some of these services are doing well. Others, unfortunately, um, are not. But some of the businesses that are doing well are like cleaning services because I don't know if everybody's at home and just making their house really dirty and is tired of cleaning it up. Uh, delivery services, especially food. I know I've used a lot of that. Um, you know, Grubhub and all that when you don't want to cook yourself dinner or there's grocery delivery services. Even the small grocery stores are seeing a huge uptick uh, to fill the needs of everybody staying at home. A lot more people are obviously um, cooking and, and eating at home. So, but the meal prep delivery services are up 40%. Um, game makers and sellers like board games. So families are taking advantage of time with kids. I know I've been playing a lot of board games with London. Uh, landscaping and yard care companies, coffee subscription companies, uh, mask makers, that was kind of a given. Telehealth services at up 50%. I think people just don't want to go to the doctors anymore because of all the scares of COVID. So now they're just going on their telehealth sessions, which probably just go into the doctors before. Tutoring business, used car sales are up. Behavior health services are up significantly for good reason. I would imagine sitting around the house can cause a lot of issues mentally. Uh, furniture sellers and home health companies. So some small businesses are taking advantage of this uh, whole COVID thing, but the big tech companies are dominated are dominating everything. And that new information just came out on Tuesday as an all time high in the S and P 500. So um, that will affect uh, you know businesses and uh, our local economy as well in the housing market. So I wanted to bring that in. Wow, great, Keelan. That information was great, and it was fun to hear all of that data. Really great money chat. And yeah, it, it's crazy. We've talked about this before, but uh, businesses are either either thriving or really just barely trying to survive and make it through this. So interesting uh, dynamics. Well, thanks for that money chat, uh, Keelan. Uh, first, I'm going to start out with the Mortgage Bankers Association released their mortgage application data showing that overall application volume fell by 3.3% from the previous week. Purchases were up 1% and year-over-year basis are 
7% higher. Interest rates increased from 3.06 to 3.13, which is 77 basis points. However, are 0.75 or three quarters of a percent lower than this time last year. In economic news, housing starts in July rose 22.6%, which was much stronger than estimates. Year-over-year starts are now up 23.4% from being down 4%. The gain was mostly in multifamily starts. However, the single-family starts were up a solid 8.2%. Now, analyzed single-family starts are around 1 million. Permits were up 18.8% month-over-month and 9.4% year-over-year. Single-family permits made up almost all of the gain, rising 17%. Now, even with the increase in starts and permits, supply remains extremely tight. And since builders were not putting up homes due to COVID-19, it will be very hard for them to keep up with the demand. Now, according to Freddie Mac, the U.S. housing market would need to add 1.6 million single-family housing units per year to keep up with the demand. And to that, the increase or add to that to the increase in the building materials like lumber, it's likely that we're going to continue to see a big imbalance and it will be supported of home surprise prices. Now, the NHAB Housing Market Index was released showing builder confidence for August. The overall index rose from 72 to 78, which matches the record high from 1998. The NHAB said single-family construction is benefiting from low interest rates and noticeable suburban shift in housing demands to suburban and rural markets. As renters and buyers seek out more affordable, lower density markets. Now, one thing to keep your eye on is the lumber prices, which have more than doubled since mid-April. These cost prices could lead to higher home prices in the fall and dampen some of the momentum. Now, and forbearance numbers are lower than expected. Originally, some housing industry analysts were concerned that the mortgage forbearance program, which allows families to delay payments to a later date, could lead to an increase in the foreclosures when the forbearance is ended. Some even worried that we might relive the 2006 or 2008 housing crisis all over again. Once you examine the data, however, that seems unlikely. Despite the federal foreclosure moratorium, there were fears that up to 30% of homeowners would require forbearance, ultimately leading to foreclosure tsunami. Forbearance did not Rather, they peaked at 8 0.6% and has been steadily falling since, according to the most current data from Black Knight, the percentage of homes in forbearance has fallen to 7.4%. So the report also gives the decrease in raw numbers. The overall tre- trend is incremental improvement in the numbers of mortgages and active forbearance continues. So according to the latest data from Black Knight's McDash Flash Forbearance Tracker, say that a few times, the number of the mortgages in active forbearance fell by another 71,000 over the past week, pushing the total under 4 million for the first time since early May. Now, the report also explains that across the board, overall forbearance activity fell 10%, fewer than new forbearances requested and nearly 40% for 
fewer renewals. So what about the potential for closures once forbearance ends? There are two main reasons why this crisis is unlikely to produce a wave of foreclosures similar to the 2008 recession. First, the housing market is in a much stronger position compared to a decade ago. Uh, accompanied by the rigorous lending standards, the household debt to income ratio is at a four decade low and the household equity near a three decade high. So indeed, thus far, MBA data indicates that the majority of the homeowners who took advantage of forbearance programs are either staying current on their mortgage or paying off the loan through a home sale or of course, possible refinance. Second, that this service sector driven unequal to impacting the renters, there is one potential challenge that today we that option may still be available to homeowners will prevent from a large spike in the foreclosures. So that's good, not just for those families impacted, but also overall, overall housing impacted. A recent study from Fannie Mae, however, reveals that many Americans are not aware of the options that they have. It's imperative for potential impacted families to better understand the mortgage relief programs available to them for the personal housing situation as well as the overall real estate market. So bottom line, if Americans fully understand their options and make good choices regarding these options, the current economic slowdowns not needed to lead to a mass foreclosure. And that's your money chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, panel conversation with Corey Greer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill Associate, and Jasmine Savari of Yellow Arrow Consulting right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Have you ever considered rental property as an investment option? Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates are the local leader in residential property management and guides property owners through the ever-changing waters of the rental housing industry. Lori Gill and Associates currently manages over 2,000 rental units throughout the greater Seattle area and for over 15 years have helped clients achieve outstanding results. They consistently outperform their competitors in terms of market time and rental pricing, maximizing their clients' bottom line while providing excellent service for their tenants. Lori Gill and Associates have consistently held nearly a quarter of the market share in King and Snohomish counties on the Northwest Multiple Listing Service and look forward to continue helping rental property owners achieve their goals as housing providers. The legal landscape surrounding the landlord-tenant industry is changing by the day and Lori Gill and Associates are proud to serve as a representative representative, as a voice, and as an advocate for their clients. They're also deeply committed to fostering and maintaining successful relationships with their tenants. Hey, this is Corey Brewer from Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates. For more information about how we can assist you with all your property management needs, please call us at 425-455-5515 or visit our website at wpmnorthwest.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. And you're listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, August 21st virtual show because of COVID-19. Our show is temporarily moved virtually. You can also listen to our show on podcast or on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host. Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. It is a great day to talk about money. That's what the show is all about, how to make money, 
save money so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing our show a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And on our show right now, we're going to welcome our guest for a panel conversation. We have Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates. And we have Jasmine Savari of Yellow Arrow Consulting right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Corey and Jasmine, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here again. Welcome, Jasmine. Okay, before we get into our panel conversation, I want to just share a little bit about Corey and Jasmine. So uh, Corey is the general manager of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates. They are the local leader of single-family rental housing throughout King County and Snohomish counties. They manage over 1,500 rental homes and conduct leasing services for hundreds of additional investors each year. Corey has been in his role for nine years overseeing day-to-day operations and prior to joining Lori Gillen Associates, he was a residential sales broker for nine years. Corey's key responsibilities is general manager and training quality control and legal compliance. And a little bit about our second guest in studio, uh, Jasmine. Jasmine is a podcast host. So she does exactly what Keelan and I do. A licensed mental health counselor and life coach who works with clients to create their best and most successful lives. Her work acts as an invitation for people to take their power, break free from subconscious belief systems, and choose their life experience. Many of our lives are lives in live, lives in false stories that create life experiences, and we never realize that we have the opportunity to question and change them so we can create our awesome lives. Jansen was born and raised in Seattle area. She has owned her practice, uh, her private practice, Yarrow Arrow Counseling, for five years. Her company name was inspired by her 500-mile trek across Spain on El Camino de Santiago. Uh, Jasmine loves to travel and experiences her this life through the at, at the fullest. So, again, welcome to uh, both of you. So, guys, I'm going to start out with our uh, panel conversation here. And I know, Corey, we're going to start with you. We've had you on the show since the COVID thing happened. So I'd love to get an update on with you and how this COVID has affected your business. Has there been any shifts or anything that's changed now as this thing's kind of gotten farther down the path here? Yeah, sure. Um, So, again, our business being rental housing, um, I think the biggest thing for us has been just the overall fear and uncertainty that that people are feeling. Um, No different than any other business, really. Um, We all kind of uh, are going through this in our own way. Um, for us, I mean, we're talking about the roof over people's heads. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty significant deal. Um, we're, I think we're going to talk a little bit later, but uh, the, the actual impact for our business has not been uh, that major excuse me, uh, in reality for us, we've been pretty fortunate. We're, we're in a very stable industry here with rental housing, particularly in the Seattle area. And Keelan, you mentioned all these tech companies that are just blowing up right now. Um, we're fortunate with our uh, management portfolio that a lot of our tenants work for those tech companies. And um, 
there are lots of people losing their jobs and and find, facing really difficult situations. We're fortunate that we don't have a whole lot of that compared to um, a lot of the people who work for companies who are excelling through this pandemic. Yeah, we got a pretty unique microeconomy here that's pretty insane with all these tech companies. It affects everything. So, um, you know, you feel bad when these people are just thriving, you know, and other people like restaurant owners and mm-hmm. things are just suffering. And I feel so bad for them because the courage mm-hmm. it would take them to start their own business, maybe life savings and everything. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough perspective, per se. Um, what about you, Jasmine? Let's talk to you about, um, you know, how this whole COVID has affected your business, maybe for better, maybe for worse. Hi, yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. So I think you touched on it a little bit, behavioral health services and telehealth. So I think a lot of people have patterns of running away from their lives and their problems. And in quarantine, we are not capable of doing that. We can't do that. We're stuck with everything. So um, you see the divorce rates going up especially like starting in Wuhan, China, like divorce rates are huge because people can't escape their problems. They're forced to look at them. So my business has gotten busier than it's ever been ever. So I'm very, I'm busy. And, um, I have people who I can't see right away, which is hard because I think people are reaching out for support and I wish I could support everybody, but I have to take care of myself too. So it's definitely a balance. And so Corey, what do you see when, we get through some of this, is there things that you're going to be doing different in your business that, uh, because of what we've all gone through? Um, I don't know how, I I think some of that is going to be driven by the legal atmosphere that we work under, but just what, for what we can control, um, different, um, well, I know a lot of our people are really itching to get back into the office. And so the, what's different for them now, they don't like it and they want to get back to normal, but there are just as many people who are really enjoying this opportunity to work from home. Um, and so if anything different, maybe we have more of our staff or our agents, uh, choosing to work from home more often. So that could be a long-term result. Um, and, uh, you know, while we still count on people that we're in a people business, um, by no means are the machines taking over, but we have been able to digitize a lot of our processes, which I'm, I'm looking forward to that sticking around. I think it was kind of long overdue, honestly. I know. Wasn't it interesting that there was so much technology that was taken advantage of that has been here forever? I've been using virtual platform for 10 years in my mortgage practice as an option. You know, I have clients that, that, live further away and I don't go meet clients outside of the office so they can come visit me in Bellevue or if it was more convenient use virtual. I started so long ago, I started with GoToMeeting, then moved to Join and then upgraded to Zoom. My coaching program that I've had for six years has always been virtual. So it's just really interesting to see it takes a pandemic and a shutdown for people to engage in the technology that's been here for years. So um, yes, hopefully that's a real benefit that there's a lot of technology that's um, being forced to use now, which will implement into where people are running a much higher uh, efficiency business model. So that's great, uh, Corey. Jasmine, what about you? What do you see uh, kind of a new normal for you and your business that's come out of uh, COVID? 
You know, my business hasn't changed that much except going totally virtual. I think a lot of therapists, their um, like their office rents are coming up and they don't necessarily want to renew them because they don't know how long they're going to be out of the office. I signed a very long lease, so I'm kind of, I'm in my office right now. Um, I think it's just going to be busier. I think people are reaching out for support more than they ever have before. And so I, I just see this, this industry growing. That's all I really see, but it hasn't changed a ton for me. Yeah, it makes total sense that your industry definitely is seeing a lot more uh, need. Sad, but great that you're there to be able to support people in these trying times. Yeah. I like how people are being a lot more open to it, too. I think everybody needs some help and somebody to rely on at some point. And it's becoming a lot more, it's not so taboo, which and I think maybe that would change hopefully forever going forward, because I think it's nothing but positive for people's life. No matter how much you think you got everything under control, it's always great to get some good feedback and get somebody who can you can bounce stuff off of. So, uh, Corey, let's bounce back to you. Uh, what extra skills, and maybe it's not even in your business, is there any other skills that you've learned because of this whole COVID-19? What do you think? Is it parenting or um, – yeah, that's that's been a unique challenge. Um, anyway, uh, I, I don't know if I would necessarily consider it a new skill per se, um, but something that has changed for me is getting a lot more involved in the um, kind of political advocacy uh, efforts that our industry is making, um, because there's been there's been a lot of very quick and impactful legal changes. Um, and that's that's something that I've taken a much stronger interest in, um, just participating in policymaking and uh, stakeholder processes and things like that. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, my other half, she's in property management, so I definitely know it's not for the uh, for the person renting; it's for the renters. And you know, some people take advantage of it where other people really need it, and that frustrates me a little bit that some people are taking advantage of these programs as opposed to allowing the people that really need it to really, you know, successfully, you know, get get what they deserve. So. Um, what about you, Jasmine? What about uh, any new skills that you've learned uh, because of COVID, maybe be forced to learn or you chose to learn? I think for me, I'm being forced to learn how to take excellent care of myself because it's kind of overwhelming in this world to be the support. And so I took last week off. So I'm like, I'm becoming an expert in staycations. It's really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is really uh, great, Jasmine, because I would imagine when you're when when people need you so much and there's so much of this going on and you you're still going through it just like they are. That makes sense. And what a great skill that you've been able to take out of this. Uh, and isn't it funny with people that help people? sometimes just ability for them to be able to embrace in that process for themselves as well. We have to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that is our uh, panel conversation. So coming up next in the money, our rental housing updates for investors, Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Have you ever considered rental property as an investment option? Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates, are the local leader in residential property management and guides property owners through the ever-changing waters of the rental housing industry. Lori Gillen Associates currently manages over 2,000 rental units throughout the greater Seattle area and for over 15 years have helped clients achieve outstanding results. 
They consistently outperform their competitors in terms of market time and rental pricing, maximizing their clients' bottom line while providing excellent service for their tenants. Lori Gillen Associates have consistently held nearly a quarter of the market share in King and Snohomish counties on the Northwest Multiple Listing Service and look forward to continue helping rental property owners achieve their goals as housing providers. The legal landscape surrounding the landlord-tenant industry is changing by the day and Lori Gillen Associates are proud to serve as a representative representative, as a voice, and as an advocate for their clients. They're also deeply committed to fostering and maintaining successful relationships with their tenants. Hey, this is Corey Brewer from Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates. For more information about how we can assist you with all your property management needs, please call us at 425-455-5515 or visit our website at wpmnorthwest.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. You are listening to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Friday, August 21st virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show is temporarily moved virtually. You can also catch us on podcast and on air at 3 p.m., on Saturday with a rebroadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 Four hundred eleven fifty, or online at com. And in studio, we're going to talk with Corey of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates, all about rental housing updates for investors right here in 1150 AM KKNW. Uh, very excited to have you, uh, Corey, in a conversation with you. And I know it's hard for some reason, it's hard for me to get your last name out. So I know that I'm having a challenge uh, 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 pronouncing that correctly. It just doesn't want to come out uh, in my, I don't know why. But anyways, I wanted to disclose that there. So Corey, again, thank you for being here. Thanks for coming back into studio and sharing everything on property management for our investors and for renters. Yeah, no problem. Um, a lot of R's in that last name. <laughs> <laughs> I was in speech therapy. Uh, I was in speech therapy all through um, elementary school, and the letters I couldn't pronounce were my F, P's, R's, and S's. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. I have trouble getting it out myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey, we, uh, I want to elaborate on kind of what I was talking about people taking advantage of and, yeah. and me having intimate knowledge, unfortunately, of property management. Like there's been people that have not paid rent since like March and they're still working because they don't have to and you can't evict them and there's nothing you can do. But for every decision or every, uh, you know, for every decision, there's something else that comes about because of it. You know, there's a reaction to every decision. May that be in business or everything else. And so I'm curious to get your feedback. Uh, it, it's been a struggle to try to collect rent and you, these, you know, there's bills to pay, right? On if you own a home or if you own a huge 250 unit apartment community as a landlord, you know, they have to keep the lights on. And that's been tough that I've, that, from what I've known. So how has it been for you guys in collecting rent and, do you have a lot of tenants struggling to pay? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to kind of talk about this in reverse order. So you you mentioned the 250 unit uh, apartment uh, complex. That is the type of property yeah. that, that, that really is struggling right now from a landlord perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you just 
you, I, I mentioned earlier in the show, um, the majority of what we do are single family homes and a lot of our tenant base, um, our, our clientele on that end do work for these tech companies and, and certain things like that. And they are not really seeing the devastating financial impact that people in service industries or some, either some of the other ones like airlines, for example, um, we, we've been pretty fortunate on that end from a, from a percentage standpoint, we've collected about 98% of rents throughout this whole thing. So, um, we've been doing really well and our clients have been doing really well. Um, yes, there are people who are struggling within our uh, management portfolio to pay their rents that, I mean, this, this, uh, this is going to affect everyone in the entire world. Um, and for the situations we've come across with that, we've actually been able to hook several dozen of them up with rental assistance programs. And so they don't fall behind um, because while there are some temporary protections in place, the long game on this is that that debt is going to still exist. Um, and so it's a win-win if, uh, if somebody or someone or some entity can, can come in and help them get their rent paid now, um, that's obviously great for the landlord because they're able to keep up their expenses. But that's also really great for the tenant who, you know, uh, basically it's about staying out of a long-term debt situation. And so we've, we've been able to facilitate that for lots of folks and we feel really good about that. Yeah, and that's you great. Know, the only, the only you mention, I, oh, go ahead, Keelan. Oh, I'm sorry. The only reason I was going to say that is because there's a lot of amazing people that work really hard and to make things, you know, to make, and they need these programs, right? So I yeah. think with everything going on right now, everybody's got to do their part for our listeners out there. Anything extra that you can give to relieve on the pressure of this economy for everybody is good because there's people that desperately need that help. And it's fantastic. There are programs out there where you can get the help and it's fantastic that you're helping the people to get that. Cause I've seen these situations and it breaks my heart. So that's the only passion yeah. I have behind the people. And I've seen the other side, people taking advantage of it and it kills me. Cause I'm like, I just talked to a family that really needs that help. And you guys are just kind of making a little bit of extra money off the situation. It just kind of hurts my heart a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is so true, Keelan. I think sometimes people are, are, cause I'm, I have a lot of people that, and in my client base that are uh, renters have rent or have rental properties. So they're the landlords. Uh, there's been a lot of changes with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. We talked about the forbearance and, and money chat. That's really not as bad as what you think of people that are uh, taking advantage of this. But what I'm seeing is a lot of people are actually taking advantage of the opportunity just in case, because as you'd mentioned, Corey, I mean, we really don't know what's coming up around the corner. So uh, with the ability to go into forbearance because the tenants are not making the mortgage payment and having that re that resource and the opportunity. Well, now Fannie and Freddie have just came out and said that if you're in forbearance, you can go ahead and just take yourself out of forbearance and be able to go ahead and do a refinance. So lots of dynamics going there. But I think uh, whether it's a PPP loan or all of the different uh, assistance out there, it's just what if, what if and what might happen tomorrow. So Corey, uh, now that we're halfway through the year, how did the rental market perform during the first half of 2020? And are there any segments performing particularly well or particularly poor outside of what we've uh, chatted about today? 
Yeah. Um, so uh, we've mentioned a couple times now that Keelan made the move to the to the suburbs, um, and <laughs> yeah. and that is a, I, I wouldn't describe it as an exodus from downtown. I would describe it as more of a migration. Um, but that is definitely happening, and um, we are seeing uh, pricing and market times have remained. I surprisingly stable throughout most of what we do. And again, it's mostly single family homes that we do. Um, it, whether it be kind of flat or even positive in those two metrics for those types of housing product. Um, where we've seen some struggle has been with condos in downtown Seattle. And actually, you know, pricing has actually held up fairly well with those types of units where we've seen the impact is market time. The the demand just isn't there. And so it's been taking us longer to find people who do want to lease those types of units, whether it's because of limited square footage or health concerns. Um, working from home is certainly a factor. Um, and then uh, with the, the latest kind of thing that's going on, there is civil unrest in downtown core areas. That has led to people's decision to want to move to maybe a more suburban or rural area. Um, but with the exception of condos in downtown Seattle, throughout King and Snohomish County, the, the type of housing that we represent has done really, really well. That makes sense. I mean, I could, uh, I'm not even comfortable in Seattle anymore, to be honest. Like, I grew up in Seattle. I used to love going to And you're a Seattle, Seattle yeah, you're of, a Seattle guy. You're a Seattle guy. I am. Like, I've lived in so yeah, Capitol Hill, Queen Anne. I was like a downtown dude. And now I'm like, no, I'm good. You never know. You know, it's kind of looking over your shoulders. Um, what other trends, aside from pricing and market time, are you seeing, Corey? Yeah, I mean, it, it really goes back to that kind of migration that that – you're, you're starting to see articles about this happening all over the world. I mean, there's been some pretty heavy coverage about this happening in New York, for example. Uh, that's a really clear example. Um, Tina, you mentioned uh, single family housing starts uh, up 8% or something earlier. Um, it, one, of the, one of the newer trends, I suppose you could say, would be the construction of single family housing to go directly into the rental pool. Um, most single family housing is owned by clients that we like, such as the ones that we represent where they've invested in a second home and they operate it as a rental. Um, now we've got builders and developers who aren't building the 250 unit apartment complex. They're getting acreage and building 250 houses. Um, and that's not really something that's going to be achievable here in the Seattle area with our geographical constraints. But when you go to places like Phoenix or Dallas or something where there's sprawl and it's flat and you just keep going and going, that's another trend in rental housing. So, Corey, what about one of the hottest topics that's happening right now in the news is the eviction and the moratorium. Can you give an update on where that stands yeah, yeah. Um, I'll try to make this quick because it's not really news anymore. It originally was announced in March. It was supposed to expire in June. It got extended once. It got extended twice. We are now extended through October 15th on that. Um, I fully expect that to be extended at least once more to get us through the presidential election. It'll probably go through the end of the year, and some people are either even saying early into next year until the Washington state legislature gets into session. So I fully expect that to continue to be extended probably multiple times. So basically get used to it, but uh, it's like practically speaking, especially with our clientele, it sounds much worse than it actually has proven to be 
in reality. Um, and th that's really just about frequency with, with what happens in our portfolio. Um, when it happens, it is kind of a nightmare scenario, but I can count on one hand the number of times that it has happened with us and, and we deal with it and the overwhelming majority of our clients, um, again, when you, when you compare housing as an industry to some of the other ones that are folding right now, uh, we, have, we have remained very stable. Um, and so we feel really good about it. That's great news, Corey. That's awesome. Um, I know you guys do a great job, though, and you stay ahead of the curve. The, the point is to get ahead of the new things coming out and figuring out solutions before you're scrambling, and you guys are really good at doing that. Um, we're already down to a minute. Unfortunately, we run out of time so quickly. So I wanted to end um, anything that you would like to add, long-term impact that you see as far as the greater Seattle area and the rental market, uh, shout out for yourself, uh, wherever you'd like to leave our listeners. Sure. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Apple topping 2 trillion and you listed several other companies okay. that are either locally based or certainly have heavy operations locally. And that being the case, I, I think the greater Seattle area has always proven to be a, a strong rental housing market to invest in because a lot of these people who work for these companies, they come from all over the world, really. I mean, all over the world, they come to work mm -hmm. for these companies. And a lot of times they will choose to rent a home at least for the first year or two as they get comfortable and then ultimately decide where they're going to buy. So um, as long as these huge companies continue to operate locally and we continue to have, you know, a climate that's attractive and natural geography that's attractive. It's just a place that want people want to be. Um, and I don't really see that changing. And then the last thing I think I would leave is that, you know, with, with what everything that's going on right now, if, if, if we can come out of this with a, a stronger uh, sense of empathy uh, between people, because there's kind of this, there's almost this us versus them stigma when you look at a landlord tenant relationship. And I would really like to see that start to fade away and, and people really appreciate that this is a, um, this is a hand in hand operation here. And, and one party really depends on the other operating in good faith to make everyone uh, have a successful experience. And so I'd like to see that be a result. Well said, Corey. Yeah, that's that would be beautiful to see that uh, that come out of this. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have you, and it's fun to have you virtually on our virtual show. Everybody gets to see you uh, face to face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you again. I really enjoy coming on. Absolutely. And coming up next in the money hour, we have a dog barking. Keelan, is that your dog over there? <laughs> yeah, he's in a kennel like three rooms away. I don't even know what he's barking at, but yes, that's me. Uh, it's awesome. It makes the show real. And I hear Gary's already putting our music on. All right, coming up next in the money hour, live your life. Jasmine Savari of Yellow Arrow Counseling right here at 1150 AM, KKNW. Have you ever considered rental property as an investment option? Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill & Associates are the local leader in residential property management and guides property owners through the ever-changing waters of the rental housing industry. Lori Gill & Associates currently manages over 2,000 rental units throughout the greater Seattle area and for over 15 years have helped clients achieve outstanding results. 
They consistently outperform their competitors in terms of market time and rental pricing, maximizing their clients' bottom line while providing excellent service for their tenants. Lori Gill and Associates have consistently held nearly a quarter of the market share in King and Snohomish counties on the Northwest Multiple Listing Service and look forward to continue helping rental property owners achieve their goals as housing providers. The legal landscape surrounding the landlord-tenant industry is changing by the day and Lori Gill and Associates are proud to serve as a representative, as a voice, and as an advocate for their clients. They're also deeply committed to fostering and maintaining successful relationships with their tenants. Hey, this is Corey Brewer from Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates. For more information about how we can assist you with all your property management needs, please call us at 425-455-5515 or visit our website at wpmnorthwest.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. All right. You're listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM, KKNW, the Friday, August 21st show, virtual show. Because of COVID-19, our show is temporary and moved virtually. You can listen to us on podcast as well as on air on Saturday at 3 p.m. with a broadcast on Sunday at 8 a.m. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Bringing in to studio each week the best of the best experts and our local market on everything money. We're here to help you in today's economy. All right, in studio right now, we have Jasmine Savari of Yellow Arrow Counseling. Live your life right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Jasmine, again, welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So Jasmine, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Tell us about, you know, you in general. Yeah. So my name's Jasmine Savari and I have a podcast called the live your life podcast. And so I've been a psychotherapist now for about six years and I have a private practice based out of Kirkland, which I'm in Kirkland right now obviously operating via telehealth. And I'm also a hypnotherapist, which that kind of freaks people out when I say that, but it's just, I do deep work in the subconscious. I help people understand like all the subconscious stories that they have about themselves that ultimately create their life experience. And a lot of us are not conscious of these stories that are playing out. So that's kind of the the short version of who I am professionally. Uh, the name of my business is named after um, a hike I did across Spain. So it was a 500 mile trek where you follow yellow arrows like across the country. And so the whole idea is like, you're not alone. There's a guide, like there's a place to go and you can experience it and not feel like totally lost and undirected. Yeah. And I have to say, we don't have as much time with Jasmine as I was able to listen to her whole connection behind the name of her company. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing story or your or beautiful uh, way that you've named your company and the story and the why behind it. And what a gift that you have, because yes, absolutely. The space and the conversations that you have with yourself become your life experiences. And so what you're doing uh, is so important and so needed. So Jasmine, let's talk about what does it mean to live your life according to you. Yeah. So I think it sounds really generic, the idea of living your life, but I think a lot of people are not totally present and living their lives. A lot of people have beliefs about themselves that are deeply subconscious that they've never even been invited to look at before. So there could have been an experience when you were five years old on the playground that was, it felt traumatic to you as a child and you didn't have a way to understand it. But what we, what I know now with clients I've worked out is these old belief systems are still present. 
in our brains today. So we live our lives believing these things that happen to us that we couldn't necessarily comprehend with our little brain. And we don't question them in our lives today. So they could be the big ones are like stories of unworthiness or, um, low self-esteem or I'm a burden or any of these sorts of things. Like I don't deserve the things that I want. And I think that these play out in every area of people's lives. So if we're talking about money, there's a lot of emotional stuff tied up with money for a lot of people. And we have these kind of like surface level strategies that we can do. But I think for a lot of people, what's ultimately driving their lives are the subconscious beliefs that they have about themselves. So patterns repeat themselves and it's really hard to understand why if we're just looking at it from the conscious perspective, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. And, you know, I have a retreat that I did before COVID, uh, which is now temporary on hold, my Live Your Dream Now retreat, which is uh, for women spend the entire day around personal growth. Now, I've moved it to a monthly uh, virtual inspirational cocktail hour, but my personal model is Live Your Dream Now. It's about embracing every second of your day, not trying to reach for an extraordinary life, but embracing every second of your day. And through that process, you'll live an extraordinary life. So what you're doing, Jasmine, is really helping people get out of the story, the story that's not serving them well, and to really be able to appreciate now and those little small things that can help that positive uh, trigger position instead of the negative one. Totally. And I, in my intro, you talked about my word of empowerment. And I think a lot of people, they give their power away and they don't even realize that they're doing it because they're stuck in these patterns. And so living your life now is like choosing, what am I going to believe about myself? And how is that going to create the life experience that I desire? Jasmine, how do you feel like, why do you think it matters to really be in control of your story? So I think that the biggest issue that I see in my work is the way that it plays out in relationships. I think people are really unsatisfied in their relationships, especially if they suffer from low self-esteem or stories that aren't serving them. And so what I see happening is people repeat the same relationships over and over and over again. And so if we talk about living your life, if you're just repeating the same thing over and over and not knowing that you have the ability to change it, I think that's tragic. I think that people waste a lot of time repeating things without realizing that they have the chance to change. And that could be even like starting a business or stepping into power, like the relationship that they have with themselves of just repeating and not totally stepping into what's possible because they don't even see what's outside of their little box that they've created for themselves. Yeah, I think there was a definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I think yes. we've all been in that position where you're trying to get somebody else to change. Mm -hmm. And I think the a changing moment in my life was taking ownership of myself and changing my actions, which in turn, ironically, changes how in, even an intimate relationship with a significant other changes that dynamic. It's uh, so taking ownership of yourself and being responsible for your actions is so important. I mean, even that is huge. Like knowing that that's the, that's what you're supposed to do instead of continuing to try to change somebody else. That's really empowering because you can't change other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. You can help them be, you can help them be their better self by you being your best self when you're around them. And that really is where the magic is. And I would love what you uh, uh, say, Jasmine, really about, you know, I say draw from your, your past of what serves you at a high level or lessons that you learn and why you're at where you're at now, whether it's negative or positive so that you can learn from that process and reach for the great things in the future. And if it's not positive on both sides, then just stay where you're at right now. And, um, you know, it'll help to, 
prevent from getting in those down those downturns. So, uh, Jasmine, how do you see that people are not living their lives? I think um, a lot of people are influenced by their childhoods and a big piece of my work is people come in and it's about looking at what was it like when you were a child? And it's not about saying that mom and dad failed or that they did anything wrong. Mom and dad are human the same way that me as a psychotherapist, like I'm a human and I need to take care of myself or else I can't show up like super effectively in my work. Right. So mom and dad were dealing with life stuff and children usually make that to mean something about themselves. They develop their perceptions of reality who they are in the world based on the experiences they had in childhood. And a lot of people project what they believe. They project mom and dad on other people and experiences without going back and unpacking. What did I learn? How do I live my life as it exists today instead of bringing my past subconscious stories and not even being here? So if I, you know, there, there could be there's so if a family is dysfunctional, obviously that makes a greater impact. So let's say there was somebody that was special needs in your family. You learned subconsciously that that person was more important than you without even being able to recognize that. So you may live your life making other people more important to you without realizing where that came from or how that started and that it doesn't fit your life today. This is an old story. So if we exist in old stories, we aren't here and we're blocked from being able to create something that we want. Yeah, I'm, I have a keynote, uh, my story of tragedy to triumph. I talk about it in my book as well. And so if you've had tragedy in your past, if you can focus on the positive things that that tragic place has been able to get you to a triumph place, then the past is really beautiful. If not, you can just as well focus on the tragedies that are going to bring you to a position of where you're continuing to live that tragic life. So, so true. And I don't love this word, but I think it's appropriate. If we have a victim mentality, then we're going to live our lives as a victim. And that's a, that's a story that we are going to unconsciously recreate over and over. And I don't think any of us would choose that consciously. My life, part of it was tragic because I was a victim and it wasn't until I got out of that victimness, if that's a word, then I was able to triumph at a very high level. So, yeah. And so, and my work as a hypnotherapist, which is strange, it sounds strange. We use feelings to get information because if I try to make sense of something that happened when, when I was a child with my adult brain, I'm not going to get accurate information. But if I use feelings as a pathway to get information, it can give us very clear information that we wouldn't be able to access otherwise. And I'll go, I could go off on a tangent on that, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to say this. this. It happened so fast, Jasmine. We're already almost out of time, but I want to leave you with a little, with a, a couple things here uh, for our listeners. So I'm curious to know how you live your life and, and how you teach that. And then any advice for people that would be looking for therapy? Yeah. So the way that I live my life is I try to be super conscious. Anytime I get upset about something, I see that as an invitation to a place that I'm not free in my life. And I do my work. I show up, I do my own therapy coaching. I have friends who hold me accountable. That's a really big piece of my life. And I don't get hooked into things that don't serve me. If something doesn't matter, I think we're taught that like materialism and all these things are what really matters. And for me, what really matters is human connection. And like Corey was saying, like empathy and relationships, like that's the kind of stuff, the human connection is, I believe the most important thing. And so balancing that in my life and also 
not having things in my life that don't serve me or make me happy. If I have toxic anything, I don't want that in my life. Yeah, beautiful, Jasmine. They say treat other people like you want to be treated. The real thing is to treat yourself like you would treat anybody else that you even care a little bit about because it really starts with you first. And when you can be the best person for yourself, then you can be best for others. Jasmine, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. It was a real pleasure to have you today. And we look forward to definitely having you come back. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your Friday weekend, depending on when you're listening to your show, our show. And we look forward to chatting with you about more money next weekend, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 133075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.